How can the Sharks weaponize their cap space this offseason? Today we're going to be looking at contracts that the Sharks could either get paid to take or grab from teams that are on the cheap. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked On Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen, proudly a part of the Locked On Network, where we cover uh, your team every day. So um, if you want to be an everydayer, all you have to do is just come back tomorrow um, and check out the podcast again. So today, though, we're going to be looking at ways that the Sharks could potentially weaponize their cap space. And I'm almost calling this like a, a uh, contract shakedown. So looking at teams that are either um, really tight against the cap and where the Sharks could either be paid to take on a team that is trying to kind of get out from underneath the contract or look at guys who are the Sharks could either get for cheap um, that could potentially help them either this year or down the road um, or just guys who don't fit um, type of situations so you know these, these i did an episode on friday uh, about contracts that you know looking at potential free agents that the sharks could sign that actually would help them this year um these guys may or may not help them as much or this is more about kind of asset management and looking at utilizing your cap space the sharks actually have a little bit of cap space this off season and how to kind of utilize it to the best of their ability so um, i don't expect all these to happen or maybe even any of these to happen but just you know what smart gms do especially on bad teams is utilize that um that cap space and, and try to make other teams pay for their inability to to kind of deal with their bad cap so um Going to start today by looking at um, a, a player in um, one Anthony Mantha, who is a, uh, a forward for the get my stuff together here. Uh, forward for the Washington Capitals, he has one year left on his uh, 5.7 million dollar deal. The reason why he is an intriguing one is because the Washington Capitals are really, really tight against the cap space. They have $7 million going into this offseason with 17 players on their roster. And this team is in a weird spot because you would think that they should be trying to actually kind of tear things down and rebuild. But as long as Ovechkin's on the roster, they're going to try to win games and try to, you know, be a contender. And they need to try to create some cap space as as much as possible right now so they can try to add some pieces to around Ovechkin. Um, we know uh, Kuznetsnov uh, is definitely on the trade market, but with his two years at $7.8 million left and his off-the-ice issues, as we will uh, just kind of keep it to that, he, with a also a modified no-trade clause for him, he is going to be a little bit tougher to move um, this offseason. And especially 
I don't think a team right now is looking to take on that $7.8 million. Now, Mantha uh, is a little bit younger, one year left on his $5.7 million deal. Um, I think he is a more attractive option for a team. So last season he played, he had 67 games. I uh, played 11 goals, 16 assists, 119 shots on goal. Average ice time, 14-13. Corsi 4, 52 46.67 goals uh, for. And Mantha has been a, a productive forward in the past, but uh, after getting traded from Detroit to Washington in the 2020 bubble season, um, he really, really saw his production go down. He was, you know, has in the 17, 18 season, 18, 19 season for Detroit, he had scored 20 uh, goals in both those seasons. And then his production is just, you know, steadily gone down and his ice time has steadily gone down too as well. Um, looking at his fancy stats, eh, they're not, they're okay. So he basically played between a second and first line uh, role last year. So top six role, uh, 63rd percentile overall, 26th percentile offensively, 92nd percentile defensively. So, um, you know, does, does that, he's, you know, going to going to be good at limiting goals out there. Um, power play did play kind of power play two minutes, so it would be potentially another body for the Sharks on the power play two. You're not getting anything out of him shorthanded. Um, does a good job of not taking penalties. Um, so then he kind of fits. I mean, he's also six foot five, so I think that kind of fits the Mike career, <laughs> what Mike career is looking for. Uh, I'm joking. Um, you know, but I think a guy like Mantha, though, the Caps are going to be desperate to get off this contract, right? They're looking to generate, trying to create as much free cap space to allow them to be a little bit more aggressive this offseason to continue to slap together a team around Ovechkin as he um, chases Gretzky's, you know, the goals scored record um, and trying to be competitive in Ovechkin's kind of twilight years here. So um, this feels like a, a team that could be desperate to move off of the contract. And I think if you're the Sharks, if especially if you're willing to eat the entire contract, you might be able to get them to pay, uh, pay something for him. So, you know, in terms of kind of just trade ideas in my head, um, you know, especially for the Caps, they have this year, they have a second round pick. They don't have a third and they have a fourth. Maybe it's something where you do a pick swap. So like the Sharks get uh, the Caps second round pick um maybe they give up one of their fourth or fifth round picks back to them and then maybe they send a a smaller contract player um over there with somebody who kind of cost controlled and has more of a a, a role right um you're gonna hear noah gregor's lot name a lot today but noah gregor type of player right who is an rfa he's probably going to make about a million dollars next year um but he has a defined role on a team as like a, an energy third line forward who can, when he hits the net, can score occasionally for you. But, um, you know, somebody like that, right, um, who would be a good fit for Washington, who kind of, you know, needs to help kind of fill out the rest of their forward roster. What if it's something like that, right, where the Sharks are taking back Mantha's contract, giving them a player, a useful player for them, you know, um, and then getting back a second round pick, which the Sharks could use in the draft. They could flip it for another player type of thing, um, type of situation. So that is just kind of 
one of those one of those type of, of, of feels where kind of a win-win for everybody right where um and again the sharks have 14 million dollars in cap space this offseason and it's one year uh, of mantha and you can especially now if if he plays well right you flip him at the trade deadline um maybe you know if he can find his scoring touch again this season he would get plenty of opportunity to play in the top six put him on a couture line you know if you want to put him on the top line whatever you want to do with mantha um he's going to get plenty of run would get opportunity to have plenty of run this and if he can maybe he finds a scoring touch again this year at the deadline you hold on you know you can flip him at the deadline you eat half of the contract and you get something else out of it as well so it's that's that's how you're looking at this is mantha is a one-year kind of rental and you kind of see what happens and if he doesn't play well you just don't re-sign him at the end of the season or if you do re-sign him it's nowhere near the the 5.7 if you bring him back for you know two million dollars or something like that type of situation um you know it just kind of he's in the house and if he likes it in san jose and is willing to sign a, a cheaper contract um again depending on how he plays but it's just more asset management it gives you a, a valuable asset that you can do something else with and later down the road and that is what mike greer should be doing right is flipping all those acorns trying to take on take on other teams bad contracts um either to get paid for them or to turn them into something else later on so um before we continue with uh two guys um up one guy up in calgary and then another one uh in edmonton at trying to acquire them potentially on the cheap do need to take a quick break uh talk to you guys about our good friends at ebay motors and for a championship team it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories just head to ebay motors with ebay guaranteed fit you can make sure that every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to the my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit all your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors with over 122 million parts to choose from You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guarantee fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. So the next guy uh, I want to talk about uh, would be... Kyler Yamamoto. Um, so Yamamoto is kind of been one of those guys in Edmonton is always kind of, you never know type of a player. And he never, doesn't seem to kind of fit uh, with what they are doing. Um, who knows what, you know, type of thing, especially for, you know, he, he's always kind of him and Paul Yarby have always been kind of, of, the goats of why things go wrong, of course, right? And never kind of fitting in with them. So Yamamoto, I think, is a, a really intriguing player for the Sharks to add because, one, he's still, like, super young. Uh, Yamamoto's going to be 25 uh, by the time the season starts. He has one year left on his $3.1 million contract. Why it makes sense for the Oilers to get rid of him? Um, the Oilers have literally – they have – 
$5 million, a little under $6 million in cap space going into next year. Um, and they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight forwards on the roster, including Yamamoto. Um, and there's talk of them potentially, you know, swinging big for this offseason, whether it's an Eric Carlson trade or whatever, you know, they're going to try to do um, to get Connor McDavid a cup uh, before he demands a trade. Um, I'm joking. Or am I? Anyway, um, so. Kyler Yamamoto, uh, 58 games last year, did have 10 goals, uh, 15 assists, 97 shots on goal, plays 16-35 time on ice. Corsi 4 is 52.92, goals for 57.14. So, um, again, he plays with Connor McDavid a lot. So, those numbers, the Corsi 4 and the goals 4s, are going to be inflated by playing with Connor McDavid because Connor McDavid is very good at hockey. Um there was some issues with Yamamoto, especially injury-wise. That's why he missed the beginning of this the season. He was having um, something that made him kind of almost feel like he was having concussion-like syndrome or symptoms afterward. After you know, during his his um, off season, um, so you know there is that you have to worry about the potentially the injury risk uh, for a guy, especially because he's five foot eight, um, one hundred and you know sixty pounds type of, of situation. But, you know, he has, other than last year, for the most part, been pretty durable. He played 52 out of 56 games in the bubble season. He played 81 out of 82 games the year before. Um, and then I think he got hurt in the playoffs and kind of dealt with some of those symptoms all summer. But, I mean, you know, he's also been a 20-goal scorer. Again, playing with McDavid doesn't hurt uh, type of uh, situation. And I, I think he's just a good player who if he's maybe not under the scrutiny of Edmonton come to the nice safe San Jose you you could be getting a, a, a type of player here so um looking at his fancy stats 62 percentile offensively 51st percentile or sorry 60 percentile overall 51st percentile offensively 75 percentile defensively he is a right-handed shot which the Sharks do need um Plays on the penalty kill, which is something you wouldn't expect for somebody of his stature. Um, and he played basically PK one minutes for for Edmonton last season. Um, could be another potential power play guy. Um, does a good job of drawing penalties and maybe takes a little bit too a couple more penalties than you would would like uh, type of situation. But you know, I know he's only five foot eight, but I mean, you're getting a you're getting someone who is a skilled penalty killer instead of just a penalty killer type of situation so um again the cost is gonna who knows type of situation but again edmonton is is looking to dump contracts and you could either a get them really cheap maybe you sling like this again the sharks have 12 picks in this draft so they they have plenty of ammunition to kind of add kind of send some of these guys off and um Again, maybe it's one of your fourth or fifth round picks, or maybe that third round, the end of the third round pick, um, where you're just like, hey, here's something for them, or you know, a, a cheap contract type. We know again, Noah Gregor from the Edmonton area. Uh, we'll give you Noah Gregor, who gives basically, you know, um can help out your penalty kill, can you know, exactly, you know, perfect third line forward type of guy. Um, and he's going to cost the third of them out type of, of situation. So maybe it's one of those type of things, but, you know, 
I think Yamamoto is a good gamble uh, for eight, for the Sharks, where he could provide help provide some offense for them this year. Um, and he does other stuff for them again. He does plays on the penalty kill. He can help. He can play on the power play. Um, so, and three point one again, one year of it type of situation. So kind of like we talked about with Mantha, gives you some flexibility going forward, trade him at the trade deadline, do whatever you want uh, after the season with him type of situation. So, and again, um, he's still only, you know, uh, 25, or he'll be, yeah, what, 25, what did I say? Um, uh, 25 by the beginning of the season. So he's just kind of still kind of figuring, you know, getting to that, that sweet spot right now. So, um, the next guy on the list is goalie uh, Dan Vladard. So uh, Vladard is a big goalie, six foot five, two hundred nine pound, um, playing for the Calgary Flames. So the Flames um, also in a tough, tough spot. So. They have a million, a little over a million dollars heading into this offseason in cap space uh, with 18 players on their roster. Vladard has two years left at $2.2 million on his contract. So this is another one of those situations where I feel like you could get him on the cheap because um, you have they have Markstrom, who they're paying a lot of money to. And then they have Dustin Wolf, who should be in the NHL and will be in the NHL next year. So um Vladard last season didn't have the greatest season, um, and that's been kind of his thing. He's really struggled with consistency. So he's played 27 games last year, had 894 save percentage, 287 goals against. Um, goals allowed was 71, expected goals against was 63, so his goals saved above expected was minus 8.3. Nice high, excuse me, nice high danger save of 741. Looking at his fancy stats, um, not that great. Um, the team played well in front of him for the most part, and he didn't help out his team type of situation. So um, the reason why I'm still would be okay at, at potentially look, you know, adding the guy like Vladard is because again, he's really young, right? He's played 20 or he's, he'll be, 26 basically by the time this season has started, but he's only played 55 NHL games um, as a goalie, you know, so he's played 27 games last year. He played 23 games the year before, and then he played five games for Boston in uh, the weird bubble season. Right. Um, I, I, I'd still in your quest to try to find the goalie. I would, you keep taking swings, right? And two years at 2.2, if he's bad, guess what? It's just going to help you be a bad team and get a top five pick. Um, if he's good, then you might have found it at, at least in their potential answer at goal goaltending. Um, what it would cost to acquire him, who knows the goalie trades, right? You never, goalie trades are really, really weird, but I would sling like a fifth round pick and see if that could do. Be like, hey, uh, Calgary, I know you guys are in a tough spot. You got Dustin Wolf coming up. Uh, let's we'll give you a fifth round pick. We'll take a we'll take Vladard back. Um, you know, type of situation. Uh, so, and again, and just kind of roll with Vladard. And then if you want to roll with Vladard, uh, Bo Kakadin, you're probably on your way to uh, kind of what we saw last year of, of bad goaltending taking you out of uh, a lot of potential games type of situation. So, um, again, or if he plays well, 
then you might have found an answer at goaltending. So worth a gamble. He's still young. He's only played 55 games type of situation. So um, who knows? But that's I would definitely take a swing. So before we get into the last guy, and a guy who I think is a potential piece for the Sharks, and this is a guy who I would trade for because I think he could be part of uh, the solution for the Sharks. Um, do want to take a quick break, and thank you guys for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. Proudly a part of the Locked on Network. Um, and if you want to become an everydayer, all you gotta do is just come back tomorrow. We're gonna be uh, another draft profile, Tom Willander. So, um, really intriguing defenseman who stock might be rising where the Sharks may not get him, but you never know with, with the draft how it's going to kind of shake out. So, um, draft profile with uh, of Tom Willander on tomorrow's show. So just make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube as well. All right. Uh, the last guy, I uh, this guy is a little bit different situation because I think he is kind of being, he's kind of losing his spot at least, um, or at least maybe losing favor. And that is uh, one Nils Hoglander. So Hoglander is actually an RFA for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, he last year didn't really play enough games to kind of qualify for his fancy stats. So um, no fancy stats for him from last year, but I'll pull, I'll show you his ones from his rookie season here in a minute. So, uh, so he's an RFA. He played 25 games last year with the Canucks. Uh, he had three goals, six assists, 29 shots on goal, 12.03 time on ice, Corsi for 48.58 goals for 44.83. And he's a guy who is actually like, play so if you look at his games played like as a rookie 19 year old rookie or 20 he's either 19 or 20 basically 56 games in the bubble season had 13 goals 14 assists 27 points so he actually played most of his games in the ahl last year he played 45 games in the hl 14 goals 18 assists 32 points um and then he also had six points in six playoff games for the abbotsford canucks he's 22 um basically he, he's 22 he'll be 23 at the end of the year um i know he's five foot nine 185 pounds so at least he's a little bit stocky uh type of situation but he just seems to be falling out of favor for the the vancouver canucks right now and this could be a an opportunity to pounce if you are the sharks and get another kind of potentially skilled player Looking at his fancy, like I said, from his rookie season, he was an 83rd percentile player playing first line minutes, 82 percentile offense, and 50th percentile defense. So, um, didn't really help too much on the power play, didn't play uh, shorthanded, you know, played three minutes of shorthanded all season type of thing. But, um, he is a potential offensive diamond in the rough for the Sharks, former second overall or second round pick. Um, who is clearly falling out of favor in Calgary because he's just not playing in Calgary. And Calgary is in a tough spot when it comes to cap space because they have none. Um, they're over the cap going into this offseason. And Hoglander, according to Evolving Hockey, is projected to get a two-year, um, one point, basically two years at $1.5 million contract, which the Sharks can easily afford right um 
this could be an opportunity to hurt a rival and help yourself as they the Canucks are in a tough spot. I know they're probably going to trade try to trade away, you know, whoever they try to trade right away, right? What if it's like if it's a JT Miller or I think that that's the big one, right? It's trying to trade away JT Miller or they could potentially trade away Connor Garland or Tyler Meyer. Like they they have some guys that are going to try to trade away. But are we sure that they still love Niels Hoglander, especially with the amount of time he didn't play last year? Um, and are we we know the Canucks development system is not that great, um, as we've seen plenty of guys who have to play and you know have we've just seen their development system not be the greatest as point to plenty of, of Canucks prospects. Um who knows if they trade away some of those guys and they want to keep Hoglander around as a potential piece of the future for them. Um, and I know they added a lot of pieces last year and there may just not have been enough room for Hoglander in the NHL. But how does the guy go from basically, you know, playing every game to playing 25 games a, a season th this year for you? Um, again, I know that they added some some players this offseason to try to help them win now. Um you know, I, I just I think he is definitely worth a gamble, especially uh, a 22 year old forward um, who has shown that he can light the lamp for, and that's what the Sharks need, right? They need guys who can who can score. Um, I know the size thing, but I think he plays bigger than he actually is, and I think he could be a worthy gamble for the Sharks. Would you have to give up? I have no idea, to be honest. Um, Maybe it's one of those like RFA for RFA type of deals where we'll just swap you RFA players and, you know, you can, everyone can kind of figure it out. <laughs> Maybe new, uh, new scenery for everybody works out type of thing. So, um, type of, of situations, you know, or maybe you, you throw in like a third or fourth round pick, right? You have type of, of, of for a guy who, again, was a second round pick a couple of years ago. So, We'll see. Um, yeah, I think Mantha though, like if because you could probably get something real back for him, type of situation makes a lot of sense. Um, Yamamoto could be one of those where I, I've seen the you know a trade I saw I think on Bleacher Report was Carlson for Yamamoto. Um, Skinner's got like four years at five million dollars, and then like a first round pick to help trying to make the contracts match. Uh, or at least make it easier for Edmonton, something like that. Bladard, I think, is going to be widely available, and so you can probably get him really cheaply again because you have Mark Strom and you have Dustin Wolf, and Dustin Wolf deserves to be um, in the NHL. He is very good and going to be very good. He needs to start getting NHL time. And again, Hoglander, who knows where he stands with the Canucks right now? So that that's kind of those are the reasoning behind all those guys. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Like I said, uh, Tom Willander profile. Uh, new, new, someone making their Locked On Sharks debut. He's a Ducks fan, but uh, we won't hold it against him. So we have, uh, his name is Patrick Present. Um, he's going to be on to discuss Willander. And kind of, again, a, a, another one of those defensemen that's going to be in the mix at the end of the first round. Potentially, he might be kind of moving up the boards a little bit here. But um, so we're going to discuss him. Plenty of draft profiles coming later this week and trying to get a, a very special guest at the end of the week. So um, 
Again, make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can watch this on YouTube as well. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole. And until tomorrow, bye, friends. <laughs>